You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. Friends, uh, welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. You know, one of the things that you know I think we have to think about during you know either the current market or let's say when liquidity is tight. One of the things that I like to do is I like to really you know dial in on uh, digital signals and uh, you know test some you know some data you know some trend watching because a lot of what we can learn from uh, you know some of the mechanics. Uh, aren't impacted as much uh, by the market, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that on uh, on this episode because I think it's an important uh, component that most people aren't thinking about that or talking about that at the moment. But I think it can be uh, it can be definitely a game changer, and it can be something we can do right now uh, during the current market. Of course, definitely want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Crypto Business Conference. If you're looking to level up on all things uh, metaverse, crypto, creator coins. NFTs, definitely check out the Crypto Business Conference happening in San Diego, uh, October 9th to the 11th. Hopefully I get to see uh, so many of you there. And and what I was referring to when it comes to this idea of like reading digital signals, you know, I, I give a keynote uh, that's called Digital Empathy. And most brands or audiences, you know, they're hiring me uh, to give that talk. And and part of the reason that they want me to give that talk is, let's face it, what, what we, when we're online... Uh, you know our ability to read context or understand um, things beyond what just the information you know right at our disposal um, is something that many of us aren't you know we aren't good at. We also don't like to kind of think that that level. But if you think about empathy as a whole, right? Like empathy is you know our ability to put our ourselves in the shoes of others and understand you know what they're dealing with, what influences their decision, and and you know what brings them to you know, what they're um, you know, wanting to understand, what that requires is it requires more research than just like surface level, right? If you have empathy for someone, it's because you understand more of their story, more of their baseline. You understand where they've come, where they've gone. And so, you know, I'll say, you know, I've spent a lot of time, uh, I know last episode we talked a lot about poker, but, you know, I spent a lot of time, uh, I went to a boot camp and, you know, definitely went through a bunch of books on, you know, reading nonverbal cues and understanding um, some of those things that really can help us, you know, be better communicators in person. You know, I, I do that when I'm on stage uh, as a speaker. I, I set up. I have three, uh, usually three, sometimes four, um, what I consider marks in the audience that I pick out uh, for different reasons. And, and part of it is I I want to read their body language, uh, you know, at the start of a presentation, and then based on what I can read, it'll then tell me what what I you know can expect moving forward. And in this age, in the digital space. You know, especially with NFTs and Web three and crypto, you know there are a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of context with NFT projects, and so where my where I think about this as is like, you know, let's say you're you're not in projects right now that are are using staking, um, and using staking with like a passive um, income component, right? Where if you are if you stake your NFT, right? We did a whole episode on staking. 
um, then you're, you know, for a month, you get a certain, you know, reward. Maybe you get airdropped NFT. Maybe you get a certain amount of coins um, that are in their ecosystem. One of the things that you'll, you'll want to look at is, you know, like, how does that impact total amount of projects that are listed, right? And then also, how does it impact, you know, our ability to see a trend often before it happens? And so I will tell you, you know, the, the, the beauty about, you know, the, the idea of staking, right, is that someone is, is like locking their NFT in another contract. And yes, they can unlock it, but it's an extra step. And they also know there's kind of like a penalty for them doing that because they might not, they might have to reset their reward clock, right? So it, what it does is it, it de-incentivizes someone from just randomly listing their NFTs as much or, you know, and I was, you know, I'll say personally, I'll often look at my bag and if I'm like, man, you know, I wonder what NFTs I could put up for sale right now. I almost immediately ignore the ones that are staked are staked because I'm like, well, that's going to take an extra step. It's also going to, I'm, I'm getting something for, for holding them, even if that something's not really worth anything, right? The psychology of it is, you know, if I have two NFTs and one is staked and one is not, um, and both of them are around, you know, the same price and maybe I have the same impact, I'm without question going to sell more likely the the one that isn't staked. But that also, you know, there's also triggers and things that we have to watch around that, right? Because in many cases, you know, the number of NFTs staked is also you have to correlate, like, what are the total number of individual holders, right? So how many individual holders um, of a project and how many, you know, if it, is it just like the whales and the people that are like on the team that are staking the NFT or are there, you know, is that like, is it a widespread thing? Is it something people are talking about? There's also, you know, that that's one of the things that, you know, so like I would tell people right now, like if you want to like spot trends, like start looking at projects that have staking and then like look at their floor and look at some of the things that you can look at. And I, and I will tell you those projects that have staking, if the if the percentage listing goes up at any kind of rate, I'm going to try to sell mine and get the hell out, right? Because if I know that all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there are peop- a bunch of people that are starting to list um, their NFT, more than likely, it's you know the the trigger point is actually greater than other trigger points for other projects because you know sometimes you don't even know why people are selling it, right? They maybe they you know. Maybe, you know, maybe they ran out of liquidity. Maybe they made a bad decision. Maybe they found this amazing alpha and they just want to sell these other NFTs so they can, you know, ape into a, a, another project. And so a lot of that context is kind of hard to read, but if you're able to kind of isolate some of that data, that's a, a, a good thing to, to look at. Another thing to look at is like, look at projects that make announcements, right? Um, and the announcements can be themselves or it could be announcement made by um, a platform or a marketplace. Like I know today, um, OpenSea uh, quote retweeted a uh, Pudgy Penguins uh, tweet, and they said like you know the original storytelling NFT. And what you, what I want to do is what I and what I'm doing is I'm I'm very interested to see what that does for the the market of Pudgy Penguins. And, and the I don't really care about the floor price as much. What I want to look at is are there a bunch of new people jumping into the project because they got some you know uh, additional awareness. Or are there just the people that are already in the project buying up the floor and kind of like filling their bag up even more because maybe they're even more bullish now, or maybe they 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 want to make that floor um, look a certain way, right? The other thing to kind of be aware of, and and Drew and I were talking about this um, this afternoon, is you know there's also influencers right now that are are talking about like you know you know watch me flip up you know to a certain amount of ETH, right? And so 
they're like, join the discord and you can, you can follow me into these projects that I'm going to jump into. And then I'm going to flip out of, and I'm going to build up this massive bag. Here's the thing about that is if, if they're doing that, they're ultimately the ones that are going to make those that are following them pay the price, right? Because if I told you here on the podcast that I'm going to jump into a project and then all of a sudden 15 other people, you know, hundred people, 500 people swept that floor because they heard that I'm jumping in the project. All of a sudden what's available on the floor goes way, you know, the price goes way up. Well then of course I'm going to sell because I'm the one flipping it for, you know, additional ETH. And then everyone who flips it after me is going to sell it for less. And so ultimately it's a, you know, I, I don't, I don't look at it as manipulation, but it's something that I don't think a lot of people are, are aware of. And you know, I've, I've made that mistake before following some big wallets into certain NFT projects and then not exiting before them, right? Because if they're, if they're exiting first, then the people that are following that wallet or are in that person's discord are often going to follow suit. So you want to be very aware of those type of things, right? Um, one of the things that I like to look at another data point is that if a floor price starts to go up, you know, at a, at a decent amount, or if a project all of a sudden starts to get a little bit more publicity, what I like to do is I like to look at like maybe like the top 10, the last 10 wallets that bought one of the NFTs of that collection. And I want to look and see if there's any similarities that like, are all of them holding, you know, a, a board ape or all of them, um, you know, people that are deep into many projects, right? Because some of those, some of the data points that we can start to study are some of those commonality uh, points, right? And I think that's a big one because, I mean, I, I've seen this happen, um, I mean, almost on a regular basis, right? Where I'll be in a Discord for a project that I, that I, you know, and I, that I like and someone's talking about uh, another project, right? And all of a sudden, I start to see a bunch of the people that were in that Discord with me are starting to buy up that floor or buy up that, that project. Now, the reason this is important or data that you want to know is that you know there could be either a, a direct reason for that, or it could be just simply that people weren't aware of that project and they think it's a you know a quick buy-in or a flip or whatever that may be. And what I like to do is I'll go I'll go look at those people that are are jumping into a project and then go look at their activity log on OpenSea and look how often or how how long they usually hold projects that they buy at that price point. Right, that's a big piece of this, right? Because if someone, you know, if someone buys a bunch of 0.1 uh, NFTs and they hold them usually for a couple of days and then sell them, that that's fine. If if the project that you're you're following them into is a one ETH project, you know, their their habits of a project at that uh, point is it might be a little bit different. You know, another uh, you know point of that is that you know some people aren't you know aren't good at listing you know for for their projects for their NFTs to sell right so. Just because a collection has, you know, a bunch of uh, a bunch listed, what you what is more important is like how often are people listing just at the floor versus like they're listing at, at what they believe the rarity of their NFT might be worth, right? And so this is some data that you want to be aware of. That also includes you know data around like premint and um, you know one of the things that I like to look at is that you know like. The people that are coming up on Twitter Spaces, right, and are, are maybe this is before the mint, maybe this is after they minted out. You know, how many of them are wearing that NFT as a as a PFP, right? Like, and you know, there are some tools that are out there that will help you look at which projects are, are are you know the most used as a Twitter profile photo. But the reason this is important is that you know as we look at like market swings and you know trend analysis, you know, we, it's hard to look back at last summer, right? Because last summer was so unique. 
in the sense of so many was new, so many things were new, so many people were new. The publicity went from like pretty much no one knowing about it to a, a mass amount of people knowing. But now what where are we at are like the people that are in it right now are people that are believing it long term. But there's there's a whole different group of people that are on the outside right now. Some of them are people that own NFTs in the past and just didn't buy the right ones. And they're just kind of in the wings waiting, right? Some people are brand new. Other people are investors that are that are stacking their crypto or stacking their their uh, ETH or even their their fiat, waiting for that like to understand when the bottom is uh, on some of these projects. And I will tell you, like I've been looking at some of the projects that like when I open up um, OpenSea or you know, pretty much any of the collection um, locations, when I open up the, the one, some of those projects, what I want to look at is like you know what are the projects. That not are not only are just you know let's just say in the in the trending or in the top uh, fifty right but, but what are the projects that recently are are holding you know their their floor at a at a really you know I would say at a relative price but like you know I say relative price compared to the actual floor price but these are some trends and things that you can that you can look at and why I think these things are important is that it'll give you more data and information for future projects right because. A lot of the current trends, because the people that are in here right now are 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 kind of grinding away, a lot of these current trends will probably, in, mo- in mo- most cases, be very aligned um, in the future. And I think that's going to be an interesting take because I don't believe at one bit that we're going to go back to 2021 days. What I do believe is that we are going to we are going to lean in, and I don't know when this will be. You know, my guess is somewhere in the next 12 months or so. Like my, I. If I had to put a, uh, you know, I look at the the next like real, um, you know, bull run uh, being the, you know, the end of summer uh, next year is just my own personal opinion uh, based on some other things that I've been studying and looking at. But one of the things that I think is also just a, an important factor is that there are certain projects that right now have a lot of people that are just massively loyal and they're just not listing or, or selling them. And I think the beauty of that is that once the market starts to trend, I believe those projects aren't going to all of a sudden um, have a bunch of more listings. I think the floor price is going to take off, right? There's a difference between that and, you know, and, that, and that's one of the things we have to be aware of, right? There's a difference between lots of volume and the floor price staying around the same versus lots of volume and then the volume kind of holding, but for the most part, it's continually and gradually moving up, right? And I think that's um, one of the things that you're going to want to always kind of you know be aware of. The other thing you want to look at is that you know, how are projects doing um, like the things beyond just like basic utility, right? How are they doing airdrops? How are they doing um, collaborations and giveaways? Because I believe the projects that are going to survive, the projects that are going to be around for a long time are realizing that it has to be more than just people that are active in your Discord because breaking news, pretty much no one is active in Discord right now or very few people are active in Discord. So what we're seeing is that there are projects right now that are adjusting their communication strategy, even adjusting where before they would tell people, you know, if you hold this NFT, go on our website and mint. Now they're airdropping that, right? And I think there's a strategy behind that because I will say projects do need to find a way to reward and incentivize the passive NFT holder to stay engaged or at least care to continue holding their NFT. And I think to me, that is like those, that's like a, a trend that I think is an interesting one to watch. Um, and then the last one I'll just put out there is, you know, when 
when you look at things that are, you know, and this is, you know, part of the hype cycle, right? When it comes to the early adoption curve, right? We, 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 we hit peak. Now we're coming back down this early adoption curve. And now the, the, the way that we come out of this, oftentimes it's through, you know, the copying of things that are working in the moment. But then there's also this, this like breed of people that set the mark with new ways of doing pretty much old things. What I mean by that is that, you know, tokenomics or metaverse gaming or whatever the, you know, we, we can call the utility, the sexy utility, you know, how are they doing that differently? And I would argue like right now, just doing, you know, an NFT project, just le- launching merch that people have to pay for. I, I don't think that's the answer, but I do think there's a lot of opportunity in merch and e-commerce and even, you know, some of the DTC side where, you know, you can start selling some of these, um, uh, you know, additional components. And I think part of what we're, one of the things that you want to look at is like how, how diverse are project teams and how diverse are they thinking in their ability to deploy utility, right? And, and I think that's one that for me, like there's a couple projects right now and I might do a Twitter, uh, I might do a future NFT uh, 365 episode on like a this or that uh, episode, right? Maybe, maybe if those that have ideas, right? Like if you were, if you were thinking about buying into a project or there's two projects you love and you want to know what, which one um, I would jump into, um, you can just post a, a tweet with that on uh, using hashtag NFT365. Uh, and I'll keep an eye out for those and maybe I'll, I'll, I'll pull a bunch of them together and we'll do a full episode on that. Um, because I, I do have that, you know, most of the time in my, uh, you know, the alpha groups and some of the private chats that, I, that I'm a part of, these group chats, you know, a lot of times what we're talking about is like, hey, you know, we have the ETH right now for, you know, a Moonbirds um, or, you know, maybe, you know, it's one Moonbird or multiple Rengas, right? And which one would you jump into? Or maybe one of the things, you know, I've, I, this was actually a, an interesting conversation we had um, the other day with a friend of mine, right? It was like, should we jump in with a heavy amount of a lower entry point or jump in at a higher entry point? Um, of a project uh, that we love and that we get less, right? So like World of Women versus the WoW 2 deployment, right? V Friends versus V Friends Series 2. And one of the things that people often make the argument is like, well, they don't even get, they haven't even given us utility on V Friends 2, right? Maybe that's the, the, the conversation. Well, here's the thing. If you bet on Gary V and you know that he's going to deploy utility on V Friends Series 2, right now might actually be a perfect time to sweep up a bunch of V Friend Series Two, because yeah, there's no utility announced right now, but more than likely he's going to not only add utility there, but I don't think he's going to massively add utility out of nowhere to existing V Friend Series One. So one of the things that I'm looking at is rather than thinking I have to own the most popular in the collection or the most rare or maybe the higher entry point, maybe it's little pudgies rather than pudgy penguins, right? Maybe it's, you know, what is my, what are my goals there about, you know, is it getting into the ecosystem? You know, maybe I'm buying into, um, you know, I'm buying the the land with Yuga ra- rather than buying a mutant, whatever that may be. And so these are things that just, I think they're really fun to kind of, uh, kind of break down and you don't have to put money in play, right? Like, you know, I, I have a Excel spreadsheet here on my computer that I will track certain projects that I don't even own. Uh, and I, and that actually goes back to the past episode where I, where someone was like, Brian, how do you know much so much about uh, a couple of these projects like Pool uh, Pool Suite um, that you don't even own? I was like, Well, I wanted to own it whenever it came out, but I didn't have the liquidity, and I haven't bought bought into it. 
but I've been tracking their utility. I've been watching their floor. I've been seeing what they're, you know, who else is using their, uh, or, you know, or who else owns that NFT. And so these are all things that we can, we can start to be hyper aware of. And the last thing I'll just say is if you're thinking about launching your own project, this is also a great opportunity of like asking yourself, do I want to piggyback on a trend, which is, can work, or do I want to, to reset a trend in a new way, but aligned enough with other projects that it kind of hits that, that, that target demographic? Because I will tell you, one of the biggest things that I'm seeing um, as a miss for a lot of projects right now is that, you know, yes, the market's tough, but you really have to ask yourself if, even though the market's tough, are the people that would buy your NFT and care about your current utility, are they active in the marketplace? Because it doesn't matter how tough or easy the market is, if the if the people that would value your utility of your NFT project aren't currently active here or they're not currently you know in this space, well, now you have a whole different education play and a whole different way uh, of going about that. So these are things I'm excited. You know, I like geeking out about this side. I like you know kind of a, uh, taking a, a deep dive in there, and I do that you know when I'm not you know creating some AI art right now. And and for those that know, you know, I'm excited. Our first two uh, NFTs drop. Uh, on Friday on Nifty Gateway, there are 11 of them. Um, there will only be 11 of each of them. And, you know, uh, uh, you know, I'm really excited about it. You know, I've got some amazing feedback on the art. We are on the front page of Nifty Gateway right now. So it'll be 11, 11 a.m. Eastern time uh, on Friday, September 30th. So if you're um, you know listening to this beforehand, uh, you know, you can jump in and get one of them uh, before they're they're all snatched up. Uh, and remember, you only have to hold one of them um, to get the 12th one, uh, to get a claim for the 12th one uh, for free. But there might be uh, something in, in the works if you hold one of each. So, um, you know, stay tuned uh, for that as we get closer to uh, November 11th. But before we get to November 11th, I'm going to be in beautiful San Diego, California, coming up in a couple of weeks for Crypto Business Conference. And I'm really looking forward to seeing so many of you there um, we will have um, some members of the team there. I'll be speaking, giving a keynote. Um, we also might be doing some fun things with some AI art um, and some NFTs that we are um, kind of playing around with and toying with. So uh, if you are looking for a great escape, maybe you haven't bought your ticket yet. Maybe you haven't thought about the event yet, but go check it out. Socialmediaexaminer.com slash NFT365. Hope to see you there. Um, and you know, we're we're gonna have a, a great time. I know some, you know, many of the speakers there. Actually, I think almost all of the speakers I'm uh, I know very well, and I'm excited to share the stage um with each of them. And I'll leave you with kind of like with this uh, note, you know, in the sense of you know, the the market is really interesting and tough right now. But the more you surround yourself with people that are cutting through the noise and that are finding unique ways to, you know, generate revenue or, or, or build, build, you know, their, their network, you know, those are the people you want to spend more time with right now. Like I think a lot of people are spending time in this bear market with a lot of people that are just sad and woe is me. And they don't, um, they're not excited about what's going on and they're just waiting for the next handout. And you just have to ask yourself, you know, if you are going to spend time, if you're listening to this podcast right now, right, I know that you are, you care about this space enough to be spending the time listening to me. So then the question you have to ask yourself is like, why am I spending time in a, in a Twitter space with a bunch of people that are just like trendy, um, you know, let's just say, I don't want to say has-beens, but they're people that got their, you know, fame and their fortune and their NFTs um, just because they were at the right place at the right time. And 
you know, they're just trying to, you know, maintain attention uh, because they got nothing better to do. Or do you want to surround yourself with like, you know, the people that are building maybe in small corners or launching, you know, uh, you know, Genesis projects where there's only a hundred of them to start. Like I would, I would argue if you're looking for like a new project to get into, find one that's, that has plans for a bigger supply, but that is first rolling out a, a smaller supply for like their initial holders and those OGs and those super fans, because getting in on a, on a project as a super fan early has so many advantages and you don't have to be early on every project, but if you're early on a project that you believe you care about the utility and you have a good relationship or a connection with uh, the founders and some of the other holders, it can really change your entire outlook of this space. I know for me, you know, Stoics with, with Gabe um, has released um, just being a part of that community and, being a part of those phone calls is really, um, you know, shot up, shot up a pulse inside of me that I'm excited um, for doing more things with my AI art and some, you know, future utility and things that we're got going on. So, you know, think about that. You know, surround yourself with people that know what you don't, but also surround yourself with people that are willing to, like, you know, look at things through maybe a, a different perspective or generate the energy that you need or that you're looking for. As always, my friends, I appreciate each and every one of you. If you are listening to this podcast, I would really appreciate it if right now, no matter what app you're you're using uh, to listen to the podcast, if you hit that like share button and then share it to your favorite social channel, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, I, I could, you know, Discord, you know, take a take one of your favorite episodes and drop it into your favorite Discord channel in kind of their education center, section and let them know uh, to check this out because uh, I would really appreciate each and every one of you if... Uh, if you could share the podcast out and it, you know, we'll, we'll broaden this audience and we'll continue doing big things as we count down to the end uh, of season one. And of course, to those that are going to pick up one of those uh, 11 NFTs that we're dropping tomorrow, uh, I'm just going to say thank you ahead of time uh, for believing. And um, there's more to come. And as most of you know, I'm a huge believer in taking care of the super fans and rewarding and celebrating those that are, you know, in with me early. And there's nothing early, earlier than being a part of my very first AI NFT art drop. Until tomorrow, my friends, make it a great day. The Mint 365 Collection 100-Day Countdown is on. We're counting down to November 11th when we'll auction off all 365 NFTs as one collection, including a custom mosaic of all the art. Want to bid on this one-of-a-kind Web3 time capsule? For details, keep listening to NFT 365. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review. Like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. We are greater than me, and as always, this show is not financial advice, so do your own.